Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Jincy Jacob. She's a medical director of innovation, quality, and research at the Nevada Health Centers. She's a well-rounded, driven, and emerging physician leader with expertise in healthcare delivery, healthcare innovation, chronic care, public health, strategic development, and more. Her specialty being pediatrics. She's very focused around how we can use technology such as telemedicine and other access technologies to improve how we serve the underserved. And so today we'll be diving into some of her experiences around the work being done at the Nevada Health Centers, but also her experiences as a physician leader in the space. Such a privilege to have you here with us, Jincy. Thank you for, for joining us. It's an honor to be here, Saul. Thank you. Yes. And, and so we'll dive into some of the, some of the programs and, and things that you guys are doing and the partnerships that you've established uh, to, to better serve the population there. But before we do, I'd love to hear more about what inspires your work in, in healthcare. Yeah. So I think I'm going to quote every physician and say my patients. That is so true. I had a pretty, I would say, sheltered childhood in Dubai and I moved here in 2012 and I started working as a pediatric resident in Camden, New Jersey, Um, which for those of you who don't know, Camden is not like the most glamorous part of New Jersey. (laughs) uh, I think at one point it was called the murder capital. And (laughs) yeah. Um, And um, it's a big contrast, right? (laughs) it, It is. It is. To be fair, I traveled around a little bit more, lived in other places too. But man, when I when I moved out there, the, the stories that I heard and just the journeys of people and how difficult life was, it was sort of something that, you know, awakened something in me and I knew that I would I would at least spend a lot of time um in my career working with this these folks. And I'm so mm. glad I did because I Every day I see more and more stories that inspire me to continue to do the work that I'm doing. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Another passion of mine is sort of being in the healthcare technology space and seeing how that has really helped my patients. I guess when I was also a resident, mm-hmm. um, I started getting exposed to the space and I started attending meetings where I saw what other people were doing. And it was, you know, 2012, things were just sort of starting up, but I saw the potential. And, you know, after my training, when it was sort of time to decide whether I wanted to leave or stay, I stayed because of all the potential that it had um, and all the work that I was, I was doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and so you've you've always gravitated toward innovation and and how we could use that to improve access and 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 quality. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the Nevada Health Centers and just the overall kind of the impact there. Yeah. The last two years we predominantly started working on 
improving access to our patients. So with Nevada Health Centers, there are 16 clinics and we serve the urban underserved, we serve people in the rurals, frontier towns. So we really wanted to devise a way to get the expertise from, you know, different clinics in our company to the areas that were, you know, just a one one man shop, um, essentially. So we started our telemedicine program, sort of focusing on that. And then we we learned a ton from our experience. And so when COVID hit, you know, it was sort of like building on that strength and it was easy for us to transition from, you know, predominantly brick and mortar kind of a a day-to-day workflow to now, I think we have about 30% to 40% of our patients are are direct-to-consumer virtual visits. Wow. So that's 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 pretty impressive. Um, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> so, so where did that start? So what was the number? You said thirty to forty percent. What was the number before COVID? It was definitely a minority. It was yeah. definitely people. I, I would say less than ten percent. Um, okay. It was definitely more rural to you mm-hmm. know urban. But when right before COVID hit, um, I'd also sort of started on this role of, hey, let's, now that we've sort of done telemedicine, let's start incorporating more of these, you know, technologies that have been out there and let's see what we can A, afford and B, um, roll out within our company. So um, we started looking at some of our goals and started looking at, you know, startups that were sort of in that space and able to deliver on those that's really great. That's really great. It just, you're gravitating toward, all right, you know, we figured out telemedicine where we've incorporated it and that helped you guys in a big way with, I mean, now 30 to 40% of, of your mm-hmm. patients uh, being cared for that way. Uh, y- your foresight really helped both the practice, I'm sure, and patients wanting the care. W- would you say, what would you say when this is over? I mean, do you feel that mix is going to change or do you feel like this is a transformation that is going to stick? I think we were always down, going down this road. I think COVID just is the steroid that pushed us there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we're going to go back to business as usual. I think we've sort of been evolving from this thing where Healthcare was all about, okay, I got my clinic open, now you come to me, mm-hmm. um, where now it's, it's changing and we're meeting the patient where they're at. And I think that's the most important lesson that I've been sort of learning from my mentors and also the people that I have the honor of working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that transition is just going to keep continuing. So yeah, our, our goal is to keep things as is because our patients love connecting to us via the technologies that we have and they don't want to go back. So we're not yeah. going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like once you feel the difference, you're like, well, wow, don't take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Jinsi, tell me more about how you guys have, have delivered care differently and in an innovative way that, you know, beyond the, the telemedicine, you mentioned a couple other things that maybe you guys are dabbling in or maybe implemented. I'd love to hear about those and how you feel they're making a difference. I think the one space that we decided to focus on was, you know, we're going to be an FQHC that's tech forward. 
that sort of our different teaching feature. So apart from just the telemedicine aspect, we are looking at, you know, reaching out to our patients. So we're doing a lot of patient engagement stuff, focusing on rolling out like bi-directional texting because patients hate calling, you know, and waiting in those queues. Also focusing on like patient education, using some of our resources to, for example, help our diabetic patients in like rural Nevada who don't really have access to nutritionists there. We're using technology to make our operations a lot smoother as well. So these are all things that we're looking at or are in the process of implementing. So it's been a challenge because with everything, it's sort of how do you fit things into the existing workflow or fit it in without having to move your existing workflows too much. So I think from all of this, that's the one thing that we've sort of learned is like, okay, let's make our workflows a little more dynamic Mm. or change things around so that we can, you know, incorporate these things. So we have cross-functional teams that we've started developing now that meet and kind of go through these issues so that we can implement things without too much hassle. Mm. Yeah, that's a good call out. I like that a lot. And I was recently, I was spending some time with the founders of Unite Us. I don't know. Have you heard of that that company? No. Could you tell me a little bit more? Yeah, just to, in a nutshell, they, 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 they provide social, they, they basically help merge social care with medical care. And they are kind of the go-between all of the environment, including FQHCs, community and providers, and they help bring together services and make it better. You know, and, and one of the things that they mentioned is helping uh, centers like yours automate and, and adapt and, and do more. I was just curious if you had worked with anybody like that to help with the social determinants of care. Yeah, so I, we haven't yet. And that's something okay. that we are, you know, it's one of our goals to focus on in the next year. Or so mm-hmm. so we have our own social workers within our system. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And um, they're tremendously helpful with, you know, connecting our patients to some of these resources. Because, you know, as you and I both know, Saul, very little of healthcare is actually like the medicine piece of it, right. a lot of it really is, you know, all the things that you were talking about, the, the, all, all of those social determinants. So if we can address some of those barriers, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a tremendous help for our patients. So yeah, I, I will be checking out Unitas. I think that's going to fix for homework. I'll make sure to do the intro for you. No sweat there. <laughs> Well, you know, y- your work has been impactful and look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us, at, you know, working from home and, and kids are not going to school. Your, your background is in pediatrics. I'd love to hear your perspective on maybe, you know, what we should be thinking about as, as parents and, and caring for our children during this time, maybe some, some thoughts, recommendations or, or tips there. Yeah. So with children, from what I'm hearing from a lot of my parents mm-hmm. um, is that, man, we need to be paying our teachers a lot more because they have to <laughs> deal with that children. <laughs> uh, but, but all kidding aside, um, I think, um, you know, I know there's a lot of 
talk right now about sort of the MISC, so the multi-inflammatory um, systems disease. But I think, thankfully, for most of our children, I think it's it's been a milder form. Every every child that I've had who's been COVID positive, um, it's it's been milder. So in that sense, I think that's that's a huge relief. I think it's it's really important to to keep them safe. So, you know, that whole social distancing, the whole staying away from people who are sick, um, staying away from grandparents, even though, you know, it, it's really hard for grand, the, no. you know, the children. So th- those are all, those are all things that, yes, it's, it's difficult, but it, it's so important. And also just talking to them. Because a lot, a lot of kids are also scared and anxious, especially as they get to those teen and tween years. Um, mm-hmm. So just having a conversation with them as well would, would be super helpful. Yeah, no, good tips there. And and yeah. so you you guys have done s- some really innovative things and you're tech forward. What issues have you run into? What, what setbacks have you had? Maybe share one and, and how you use that to, to become even better at what you guys do. Yeah, so um, this is, I mean, I don't know that we have a solution per se. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody always assumes that the barrier to people in underserved communities having access to, you know, technology related to healthcare mm-hmm. is, you know, oh, they don't have smartphones, they don't have tablets. No, that's not true. Most of my patients have smartphones and tablets. Yeah. Um, the, the challenge that we're dealing with is the broadband. So we've recently learned that 70% of Nevada has not great broadband. And I think we really need to sort of step up and maybe have partnerships with people in industry to improve that. And I think that really would be a great thing to, to improve the health outcomes of people who are in all communities. Yeah, it is a big challenge. It, you know, it's another social determinant of health, you know, and it's just, it's interesting. And I think about the different technologies out there, right? Like I met, I met a guy who started a company called the outer net (laughs) and somehow he, he fixes like uh, internet, but it's a different, more basic internet, but it still works really well. And it's super cheap. And I've got to, I've got to get his name for, for you and and everyone, but it's super interesting. And then you have folks like Facebook, right? And Mm -hmm. that they're they're doing like drones that Mm -hmm. provide it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Finding a way to get our populations that need broadband to get this telemedicine is key. Yes, I completely agree with you. You know, with COVID hitting, a lot of a lot of community health centers have found it challenging, and some of them are even closing because a this population is not accessing care. And we know that people are assuming that their health center is closed or because of the whole social distancing thing, they cannot go into clinic. So one of my pet projects has been, how do we get that out to patients and how do we have telemedicine um, be available to underserved communities? That's like one of my pet projects that I've been working Mm -hmm. on on the side. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely a challenging thing. Um, but if we don't get the help that we need, that they need to them, um, I think 
I think we're going to see issues like what we're seeing right now where the pandemic is unfortunately affecting, you know, communities of color and underserved communities. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And 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 so, you know, thinking through those challenges is is going to be critical, especially now where we're we are kind of at a turning point in digital health and telemedicine where like you said, it, you know, the steroids was COVID and yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are are advancing efforts there. So then we find the gaps of of broadband and the other issues. So, you know, making sure that we we cover our bases there is, is critical. And what would you say totally. you're most excited about today? I think as we go forward, I, I think the fact that we're not going to go back to business as usual, that's something I'm really excited about. I'm excited to see all these cool new startups coming up with solutions to problems that it's like, wow, that's really out of the box thinking. Excited about, you know, personalized medicine and the roles that that's going to have. Because as we know, it's challenging because a lot of the drug trials currently are, are not with people from, you know, the populations that I serve. It's, it's challenging. So some yeah. of those things, I think, just seeing where it can go and the ability of technology to make our health better, I think that's really exciting. And that's why I am so grateful and excited to be a part of this community. That's great, Jensi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly an exciting time. And, you know, I'm also excited about that we're not going back to business as usual. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's fantastic in healthcare to be more consumer centric, to be using more digital technologies. As you guys continue doing your work and you continue to do the innovation and, and quality work that you're doing, what would you want to leave our listeners with? What parting words or call to action would you leave them with? And what would be the best place they could reach out to you if they want to continue the conversation? Yeah. My message is, you know, don't forget about the underserved communities because really when you look at healthcare spending, that's, that's really where the bulk of it comes from. So, so focus on that. And then I am available on LinkedIn or you can even email me. I think Saul, would you be able to share my LinkedIn? Yes. Um, Okay. Perfect. Yep. I'll have that. uh, The links to Jinsey's LinkedIn and, and email, we'll include those in the show notes. If you go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Jinsey, that's J-I-N-S-Y. You'll be able to find ways to contact her as well as all of the show notes and transcripts that uh, you'll, you'll be able to, to get there. So Jinzi, such a, such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. I definitely I'm excited for the continual uh, work that you're doing to, to increase access and, and improve care for those that need it most. Thank you so much, Saul. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. 
Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.